What's up, guys? Uh, welcome back to another episode. Um, this is Tommy. Um, Sam and Mitchell are not here because they have lives. So, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, Sam's going to record another episode of me later. But um, I had something that I was thinking about that I wanted to kind of share. So yesterday I was sitting in the picker at work, which is basically at a golf course, there's like a little cart that drives around and picks up a bunch of balls. And I was sitting there and I was listening to some, um, some spiritual podcasts and I was so excited and I felt so happy and joyful. Um, and I was like, there was a second where I just like stopped and I was like, what happened to me? Like, how did I change? Like, why do I love this stuff? I mean, just, just a year ago, I hated it. I mean, I I wanted nothing to do with the gospel. I wanted nothing to do with Jesus Christ. It all made me feel guilty. And now all of a sudden it brings me the greatest joy. Uh, so I will say sometimes, cause I don't want to make it seem like I'm always in love with the gospel, but, um, I just thought, how did I change so much and why, and why did I change? Um, and then, so, so I kind of went back and looked at, look at, looked at my life and I've been doing this a lot because I had to write a talk and I kind of, you know, in my podcast talked about it earlier, even though I didn't articulate it very well, but I looked at this, this steps in my life. So basically, um, I grew up, I'm anxious, um, in an effort to, I guess I would say somewhat like survive life. You know, I made some bad decisions, um, to numb my pain. And then I would say, with good intentions, I, I fell into a really dark place. Um, and when I did, I mean, I guess I went to a really dark place and I would say that was like my, my personal hell. Um, and I ended up in a prison, a hospital. I ended up in a hospital, which was terrible. I couldn't get out. I was, and in that hospital, I developed intense resentment towards God. Um, you know, and so when I got out of the hospital, I was still angry and bitter and so many emotions, but, um, I, I basically was resentful towards life, my parents, God. And it was interesting because after, you know, things didn't get much better, but, um, there came a point in my life where things got so bad again. And, um, I was sitting in a room alone late at night, couldn't fall asleep and just wishing that I was dead. And, um, then I had a thought, you know, maybe I can pray, but I was like, I'm not going to pray. You know, I, I totally betrayed heavenly father if he even is real. And if I, and if I go to him, he's going to be mad and he's gonna be frustrated and he's going to, it's not going to be an easy road back, but I was so desperate. So I said, you know what? Finally, okay, I'll pray. And if he's real, he's going to chew me out and I'm, and I'm willing to do it because it's so bad right now. And if he's not, then, you know, what's the point of life? So I got on my knees and before I could even say anything, I felt overwhelmed with love. And um, I think the interesting thing for me was like, it was a moment of incredible relief, but also incredible shock because it was just not what I had expected. Um, if you could have looked in my brain at that time, I was not very nice to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Like I, the things I thought about them, 
I was really angry. I hated them. And so the feeling of overwhelming love that I felt, and that's just an understatement because it was totally shocking. I was shocked that he would deliver me. I betrayed him. I totally betrayed him. How, why would he do that? Why would he love me so much? And um, I think in that moment I was changed. Um, and, and not that it got immediately better, but my heart changed. You know, I, I was opened up to, to Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father um, because of the amount of shock and, and love that I felt. And I just knew that, you know what, I don't care what happens. I, I, I can't turn away from someone that could love me like this. I can't turn away from someone that could love me even in, even if I betrayed them. And then I had this crazy, well, I had this crazy realization. Isn't there another story about this? And it's not in the scriptures. There's another story that went exactly like this. I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with Les Mis, but Les Mis is the story of a, a guy named uh, Jean Valjean, and he is starving, so he steals a loaf of bread. So, right, good intentions, he, he's just trying to survive, steals a loaf of bread, gets put in prison for 19 years. Um, in this prison, he becomes incredibly resentful and hate, hateful towards God and everyone in life, um, much like me. He gets out, and he is kind of the same. Um, and he looks for a place to stay that night, um, and he's hopeless. And he finally finds, everyone says no, but he finally finds one person that will let him stay. It's a bishop. And the bishop brings him in. He feeds him a feast. He clothes him. He does everything for him. Um, but in that night, Jean Valjean, trying to survive, I guess, steals a bunch of his stuff, a bunch of silverware, and runs. Can you imagine? So he... He's been given everything, and then he takes takes it. He he totally betrays the bishop. He gets caught that night by the police and brought back to the bishop. And he's like, yeah, we found this guy. He stole your stuff. He's going back to prison. Here's your stuff. And the bishop says this. He says, he didn't steal that. I gave it to him. And here, you forgot this other piece of valuable silverware or whatever that that's his guys why what are you doing and he vouches for him and he loves him and in that moment Jean Valjean is totally taken aback he's he doesn't know what to think he's like I can't believe that I just betrayed this guy that was did so much for me and he still loves me and he's just totally overwhelmed and in that moment his heart's changed um and he goes on and he you know, starts to prosper and he helps people and he does his very best. He's not obviously not perfect, but he becomes an incredible guy. And I was like, man. And then and then in in this moment in the picker, that story became my favorite story, my favorite piece of literature ever. And I never really liked Les Mis. I thought it was boring. But um I just thought, man, that's so profound. And as I thought about the principle of that, I thought, well, 
that's exactly how Jesus Christ changes us. You know, I think once we're able to comprehend the love he really feels for us, um, regardless of what we do, and his dedication to us, regardless of how we treat him or betray him, once we really understand that and start to feel it, there's no going back. We'll do anything for him because, because of his love for us. And it's absolutely incredible. Um, and so I think, you know, that's kind of how I was changed. And that's why, you know, I started down this path. And then you realize later on that he blesses you so much. Um, the gospel is not just to do the right thing. There are incredible blessings, things that bring you so much happiness. Um, and there's incredible utility in the world. I think, you know, he blesses you not just in a spiritual sense, but with worldly things, with everything. Like, you will prosper in the land. I really believe that. And I and I wish I knew that um, from a younger age. But, sorry, I'm kind of getting off topic. But I was thinking, okay, well, how does this apply even more to our own lives? Um, you know, I think we see people around us that we love and maybe that aren't behaving right, and we get panicked. And we think oh my gosh, I got to change this person so they're happy. And so we push them and we try to get them to do what we want and what we think will make them happy. And they close off and they become insecure and isolate themselves. And because they're in so much pain and, and so anxious and afraid, you know, they indulge in whatever wrong thing they're doing even more to numb the pain. Um, and I think... And I think we all do that. I I for sure do. Um, but I almost look at that and how, how that was handled and how I feel like Jesus Christ handled me, me in my life, you know. And I think, well, maybe there's a better approach. Maybe, maybe the answer is to love someone so unconditionally and not just... And when I say love someone unconditionally, I don't mean this. I don't mean let them do whatever they want and and say, oh, I love you with a resentful tone. Or People can tell how you really feel. Um, but if we really try to love people and not just to, to get them to do what we want, but regardless of what they do, with such dedication to them regardless of how they treat us they will inevitably inevitably open up and start to have a loyalty towards us i mean how how could you not and and that may be a long process and we can't be as perfect as jesus christ so the change might not come immediately but i think once you can have that unconditional love for someone they open up and they're receptive and they, they change. I've seen that with Jesus Christ in my life. And I've seen that with multiple people that loved me regardless of what I was going through. My parents, um, uh, a few, few church leaders that I had, and it totally changed my life. I felt, I knew that I would be okay and they would back me up no matter what happened. And yeah, so, 
Okay, guys, so I have an analogy, um, and I actually recorded this podcast yesterday, but I'm adding this in today because um, as I was thinking about the podcast that I recorded yesterday, I actually had an experience yesterday that I failed on, <laughs> um, and I was in church, and I felt the Spirit like tell me, like, remember what you were talking about yesterday? Like, this is an, a per- perfect example of something that you could improve on, um, and I feel like I like analogies or stories because sometimes they can articulate um, better than, I guess, I can, what I'm trying to say. Um, so anyway, yesterday my family went to play tennis. My my parents love to play tennis, and so um, they took Megan with her, and Megan's starting to learn tennis a little bit, um, and we were going to show up later after they had played. So I, me and Sam pulled up, um, and Megan was there, and I could tell she was frustrated. Um, she looked like she hadn't uh, been learning as fast as she wanted to. Um, so I immediately was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not amazing at tennis, but I've learned some things that have helped me. So I went over there and tried to help her. Um, and I kept telling her, you know, do this and do this. And she was like, oh, and I could tell she was frustrated and like annoyed. And I got so like frustrated at her. I was like, Megan, like if you just have a good attitude and you listen to me, like you're gonna, it's gonna work but you just have a negative attitude and you're so frustrated. And I mean, I didn't really say that to her, but I had that, those thoughts in my mind. I was like, Megan, like, and it was super interesting because I was trying to change her. And what I was trying to tell her were the basic principles of tennis, right? Like the basic things that I had to learn from my tennis game to get better. And I was like, these are the first things you need to know. And I look at that in a life sense, right? Like we all see someone that's sad or not as happy or like who's trying to grow. And we say, look, these are the very first principles. If you want to be better, these are the things that you need to know. And it's funny because oftentimes, the majority of the time, people get frustrated at us and they say, I mean, I I got frustrated with my parents all the time. They get frustrated or they get insecure or hopeless. Um, And so... Anyway, back to the story with Megan. Um, I was like, Megan, these are the things you need to know. So just, you know, practice it. And anyway, it ended up being that she left frustrated. Uh, I mean, she she did okay. But um, I guess when she left, I was frustrated. I always felt like, you know, she wasn't positive enough or whatever. I was a little like judgmental of what she was going through. But then I realized something. Um, I realized that if I wanted to change Megan, she had to know that I had unconditional love for her. And in tennis, this is going to sound weird, but she had to know that no matter what she did on the tennis court, that I was going to love her and I was going to try to, you know, care about her happiness and experience. Like, didn't matter if she got better. I just loved her. Um, and so when I think about the first experience with tennis and Megan, I I wish that I would have the first thing that I taught her rather than the first things I thought she needed to know, uh, was that I loved her and that, um, you know, (laughs) and I'm not crying about tennis, obviously, but that regardless of what she did on the tennis court, Um, regardless of if she failed, regardless of her attitude, 
um, that I would still love her because I think she felt a lot of pressure and she was insecure. She felt like she was doing things wrong and it was, it was a heavy weight on her. But I think that if I could have taught her rather than the first tennis thing she needed to know that I don't care that I love her no matter what. Um, I don't know why I'm emotional, but, um, that that would have given her the permission to make mistakes and feel okay about it because she knows that no matter what she does, no matter how she acts, I love her and it doesn't matter. And that takes such a weight off your shoulders. Um, so when I think about how I need, need to be better at, you know, helping others, I think the first things first is people need to know that we love them unconditionally. Um, so I guess I could say that's how Jesus Christ's love changed me, but I also think that that's how love changed me in general. I don't think it just applies to Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, I know everyone has different ways of doing things, but for me, um, there was no progress for me or even the hope to make progress until I knew that regardless of what happened, I was loved by my, my Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Um, and nothing I could do would change that at all. Even hating them and despising them and going against everything that they wanted, it didn't change that they loved me. And because I knew this, um, because I knew this, I was freed from the pressure and the anxieties and the feelings of failure. And so I didn't close up and become resentful. I opened up. And as I opened up, eventually I was more and more determined to do my father's will. Um, and I think that's a hard thing because going back to the tennis analogy, it takes longer to get results when you don't just tell them exactly what to do and force them to do it. Um, it takes a while. It may take three or four times of me going to play tennis with Megan and letting her be sad and frustrated and angry and just not getting mad at her and being like, hey, I love you. It's okay for her to start trusting me. And and she's not going to get it good. She's not going to get as good at tennis as fast initially. But in the long run, if I can build that trust with her that it doesn't matter about tennis, it doesn't matter if you mess up. I'm still here and I'm still going to be positive and I'm not going to treat you different. In the long run, she's going to open up to me and be willing to take advice and want to follow me because I'm someone that doesn't love her conditionally. And I know this is kind of a ramble, but um, I guess I would just say I really hope people know that... Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ love you unconditionally. Um, and it's hard to love people unconditionally. We're not perfect. But we can try and and grow. And with, and with Heavenly Father's help, we can get better at it. So I guess I would say the two principles to maybe take away from this is, number one, come to know Jesus Christ because... Once you realize his unconditional love for you, 
and his devotion and dedication to you, regardless of how weak and terrible and horrible you are, you will start to change. And you can't even help it. It's not even like you make a crazy commitment to him. You just can't help it. You're so overwhelmed with love. His love, not yours, his. And uh, so that would be the first principle that I, I guess I learned. And, and the second one is, if we want to help people, love them like Christ will love them. Nothing we can do can change them. We have to love them just so they can get a taste of, of Jesus Christ's love for them. And as, and eventually, as they open up to us and we help direct them towards Jesus Christ, they will be changed. And I really believe that. Um, I know it's not that simple. I know it's hard to love unconditionally. I know it gets more complicated when you're a parent and there's certain rules that you have to you know, deal with and you can't just let your kids do whatever they want. That's why I'm not a parent and... That's why it's so easy for me to say this. (laughs) My mom would be like, it's not that easy. And I know it's not. But I still think that principle is important. So I love you guys. Um, Keep trying your best to come towards Jesus Christ. He is more patient than you think he is. He is more committed to you than you think he is. And he's way less disappointed in you you than you think he is. Um, anyway, love you guys. Have a great week.